in reverence to God, can we just worship Him? For such love and thought He has to us as having words for every situation as it relates to our lives. Can we just worship the Lord for who He is? For what He is able to do for His ever true world. Heaven and earth will pass away but not a dot of his word we go without being fulfilled. He knows the thought is thinking towards you. His word says they are thoughts of good and not of evil. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. This morning, in reverence and appreciation, can we come to him bowing our hearts to him as he will yet bring his word to us this morning. In Jesus' name we have worshipped. Father, we have come. You, do not call, you didn't call the sons of Jacob to seek you in vain. For this we are very confident that our coming this morning will not be in vain. Father, we ask that you will attend to us by your mercy. Give us a word that will set us moving. Set us in motion. Lord, set a course for us that hitherto we have not begun, though you had ordained. Lord, set us in motion. Cause us to arise in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, my desire this morning is that you will open your word to us. Cause that faith to be stirred in our hearts that this word will profit us. Thank you, Father. Again, I present myself to you, Father, because I know no longer I, but you. Lord, please come. This vessel of yours. Gain expression as you give insight to us by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I really want to appreciate the Lord for this opportunity He has given to us to share together from His Word and to trust that we will draw nourishment for our journey. Uh, we trust the Lord that this opportunity will not be taken for granted as we believe God to bring His Word to us. May God help us this morning as we look into his word in the name of Jesus Christ. By way of foundation, I want to quickly say that I believe that the word of God comes to us as God speaking to us and we require that in response to him, both in action and in prayers, we should arise from this place. So what I'm trying to say is, I'm believing God that we will have a little space after now to respond to God for what he will be bringing to us from his word. Amen. By way of foundation, I'd like for us to look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28 from 
verse 16 through 19. I'll be sharing some thoughts that came to mind as I meditated on this topic this morning. And I'm believing God that from these thoughts, He will bring lessons to our lives from which we will walk with Him and be more deliberate in our life as believers. Matthew 28, I'll read from here verses 16 to through 19. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authorities has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This morning, just by way of foundation, to look or to begin to look into the topic, the disciple and the word of his power. I perceived in my heart that it's important that we make reference to the theme God has given to us for this year. Now one of the things that came to mind as a way of foundation is God will not give us a theme because we needed a tag or a caption. So the first thought that came to my mind as a way of foundation is that God gave a theme because I believe he is set in this area to send us help. There is a deliberateness in the heart of God to bring help to our lives in this area. And so God is calling our attention in that direction because he is deliberate about something concerning our lives. And so this morning, I perceive very strongly that as we look at the disciple and the word of his power, we will be looking at it in the deliberateness of God for bringing to us this thing. Amen. I'm believing God that we will see this as a progressive work God is doing with our lives and in our lives. So that we will not take it as just another Sunday service or just another message or an addition to what we have known before now. So I think that this foundation is very important so that we will take very serious these things God will be bringing to us this morning. And I pray that God will help our hearts even as these words, he opens it to us by mercy in the name of Jesus. Now, from this place we read, for me, I see a very serious issue, and which is the first thing in verse 16. Now, when we look at verse 16, it is actually from this text that our theme for the year was taken. But verse 16 brought something very serious to my heart, which I think has a very, uh, uh, an appropriate foundation for what we'll be considering this morning. Now, if you look at verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples. 
Brethren, there's something that came to my mind when I saw that. Now, this passage, this portion of the Bible is popularly known as the Great Commission. Am I right? The Great Commission. Now, what came to my heart as a foundation for what we are looking, we'll be looking at this morning is that were they originally 11? I don't know whether somebody is thinking along with me. Were they originally 11? Why is it that at this point, at the point of commissioning, at the point Jesus was about to make a serious commissioning, now remember in Mark, the beginning of Mark chapter 3, when he called them, he said that they might they would be with him, that he might send them. So as for the commissioning, it was not certain. It was not certain that they were going to be commissioned all. And I'm beginning to see it here, that not all that were called, not all that made a decision at an altar call, got the final commissioning. And this morning, I think this is very important for us as we will begin to look at the disciple and the word of his power. The commissioning of go and make disciples. Jesus didn't give it to the, all the people he called at first. They were actually, these apostles were 12 that he called. But it seemed to me as if something went wrong somewhere. And I think it, it forms for us a good foundation as we prepare our hearts. Why was that one not commissioned? The truth is that the 12 of them were called to be disciples. So we can say they were disciples. But what went wrong? This morning, that this error will not come into us. That something will not go wrong with us. That at the point of our, audit or our declaration, or at the point God will set us out, for serious issues on his heart, we will not be wanting. I think that is why he has also chipped this in. That for a disciple, there is a place for the word of his power. So this morning, as we will be considering these thoughts, I want us to see it as a progressive work. I want us to see it as a deliberate attempt. God is making a building and making something out of our lives. Amen. Let's go to our lesson where we will dwell so much on. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. We went to Matthew just to lay a foundation. We'll begin to build now as we go to Matthew chapter 1. Sorry, Hebrews, sorry. Hebrews chapter 1. We'll take the first three verses. And as we begin to, I'd like somebody to help us to read. As we begin to read, I'm believing God that he will provoke our hearts to respond to him after now. Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, our topic actually is taken, a key verse there actually is verse 3. But we'll take verses 1, 2, and 3 for now. This morning we'll be looking, or we're looking at, the disciple and the word of his power. The disciple and the word of his power. When I began to look through these verses, some thoughts ran through my mind that I think will help us share together this morning 
as we will get to respond to God in the place of prayer. And some of them came in form of thoughts, uh, questions. Some of these thoughts came in form of questions that will guide us as we meditate on this topic. And the first question that came to mind is, as we look at these first three verses, the Bible says, at diverse time and in past, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. And in our own day, he has already spoken. Now my question, the question and the very serious thought that came to my mind is what has God been saying? Why is it that at one point in time, God did not stop talking? Why is it that it was not enough that he had spoken through the prophets? Permit me to add, what has he even been saying? This morning, I want you to consider these questions as we trust the Lord to give us answers to them. Now, so as I thought over it, I noticed that as, as it got to our own dispensation, he has already spoken. It looks to me as if, as for talking, we are ending it here. So it made me become, it, it brought a level of curiosity to my heart to check. Because when I began to look at that, it looks to me as if God is saying that I have finished talking. What I want to say, or what I have been saying, I am summarizing it. Now, my, my understanding of this helps me to know what he has actually been saying. Because in verse 2 he says, has in these last days spoken to us. You know, it looks to me as if, if we were to, in English, I think, if we were to use the proper way, maybe as to see whether he still had some other things to have said to us. Maybe we will say he is still speaking to us. Yes, through Jesus he is still speaking to us. But what he wanted to say, he has said it in Jesus. But what is it that he had been saying? That was the question that came first caught my attention. And I began to see, in answering this question, as the thought came to my heart, was the fact that, why did Jesus come? Now, you may be wondering, how does this relate to our topic? We are going there, trusting that the Lord will help us. Amen. I discovered that the issue for which God began to talk from the very beginning can be traced to the point at which man fell. Now because verse 3 started with something. Look at your Bible now. Verse 3 started with something. He started by describing what God is saying. The description of what God has spoken to us in the last day was summarized in something. And you know the summary I got from that? The summary is that what man lost in the garden? 
Now the Bible says in the beginning, God created man in his own image. In his own likeness created he them. He created us in his likeness. But when Adam fell, that expressed glory, that beauty, that nature, he lost. And so, since from the days of our fathers, he has begun, or he kept talking to them. And what was the issue? This thing you lost, trace your road back. And I began to see that as if, because, no, I saw that because in verse 3, the description of what God is saying to us was a description of what Adam lost. I don't know whether you are seeing that. Just look at your Bible. So I discovered that actually God began to talk. God had word for mankind because man lost it. So God came and summarized all his saying that this is what you lost. And you know, when Adam fell and he was to give birth to Seth, the Bible says he, it was after his own kind. Another breed had come. This morning. I want to say that we will look at this topic by understanding the two major concepts here. The disciple and the word of his power. Why I see this very appropriate is because I sense in my heart this morning that God will want some people here to become more deliberate about their work with God. Really want to congratulate you if you have given your life to Christ. But what God is saying to us is about, is much more than just beginning. You know, as I pondered on this, I discovered that what God has been saying and he's still saying to us, even though he has finished saying it in Jesus, is that there was a nature. There was a nature that God ordained for mankind that man lost. And we got a new nature. I want to say that this understanding will form for us a good basis to enter into discipleship. Because the essence of discipleship is... You know, I remember a venerable at the beginning of the year. I didn't forget that definition. Gave a definition to discipleship, which is learning the discipline of the life of Christ. I didn't forget that. Because I discovered that many, many people today, they are learning how Jesus preached. You know, people learn the prayers of Jesus. And they can pray the prayers of Jesus. But brethren, I want to say to us this morning that what God wants to commit into hands, like he commissioned the disciples, as we saw in Matthew, was not something he hands over to people who are not prepared. Let me quickly chip this in, that in the course of the discipleship of these twelve, if you remember, there was a point in time he sent them out two by two. They went for evangelism. Can we remember that? He also at another point sent out 72. And they came back with testimonies. But you know at this point, at the point of Matthew 28, he was doing what? Commissioning them. He was making it the mandate of their life. At that point, he will gather us and we will go for world evangelism. 
But at this point, where he commissioned the disciples, it was at a point that their living was no longer for themselves. Because he had succeeded in bringing them to a point he can pour himself into them. Back to where we are looking at in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 1. I discovered there that why God kept talking was because the issue of the nature that man lost was an issue that men need to hear and see what they actually lost. And so he brought for them and he has brought for us the person of our Lord Jesus. This morning, as we begin to look at these two vital issues, I discover that if we quickly run to the issue of the word of his power, we will be missing it. That was the thought that also came to my mind. Because once a person gets what it means to be a disciple and he commits himself to it, the word of his power becomes one of his devotion in life. Now, when we dwell on the meaning of being a disciple, with respect to the fact that we are talking about learning the discipline of the life of Christ, you will discover that you cannot learn the discipline of the life of Christ anywhere else. Amen. So if a man has resolved in his heart that it is Jesus I want to learn. Now, I want to quickly say that, you know, these thoughts have been coming to my mind that so many people can preach. Jesus preached. But in our dispensation, our priesthood, our priestly garment in this dispensation is not a cassock. It's a life. What we wear to minister is our life. So, because of that, Jesus, that God used to speak to us, gave us a clear expression that this issue is a matter of life. And that is why the place of discipleship is crucial for anyone that is believing that his life will count in the hands of God. Because it is at that point that you learn the discipline of a kind of life. A life God has approved. Amen. As I was preparing for this study or this sharing this morning, one of the thoughts that came to my mind is one very scripture that many of us have read several times uh, in Second Timothy. Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. You know, when I got to that point, I paused. How do I know that I'm approved? You know what thoughts? The second thought that answered that, there is an approved life. Do we remember that on the mountain of transfiguration, God showed us an approved life? Can we remember? This is my beloved son. In whom I am well. This is the approved life. Study 
So that when you are studying, the aim you are targeting is to get the life that is approved. He says, study to show thyself approved. Now, what will show you are approved is that your life is an expression of the approved life. Brethren, this morning, to me, more pressing is the issue of you going just beyond the point of giving your life to Christ and becoming deliberate to say to yourself, I want to learn the discipline of the life of Jesus. Making up your mind that this life, since it is the approved life, Lord, I want it. This morning, I sense in my heart that God wants, even those who have already done it, to check again whether as a disciple, as one who has resolved to follow Jesus, you are not learning another thing. You know, we can learn the language and be very fluent at it. We can also so act it that we are applauded. For there is he. The Bible says that men will judge at the outward appearance, but he checks the heart. There is an attitude of heart that he found in Jesus that even though as at that time the general assessment was to kill him, crucify him, but there was an approval for that life. This morning, as we look at the disciple and the word of his power, I want you to check your own self. Has there been a point in time in your life you made up your mind that, you know, like students will make up their minds to buy jam from, they are looking for admission. And when you, you will make up your mind, the course, the discipline you want to learn, you made up your mind that you want to learn the discipline of the life of Christ. In learning the discipline, every other thing will come. How we preached. And I think for me, it is first and foremost the crucial thing. Are we here? And all we can refer to was just the day we gave our lives to Christ. And that's why after we even gave our lives to Christ, we don't even have a quiet time. Because we are not learning it. Yes, we discovered we wanted him to forgive our sins. We came out. But we don't have a consistent work that we can make reference to and say, at this point, I was here. You know, two years ago, I was a jam bite. I was just writing jam. By the grace of God, I am looking at going to final year. You know, that is progression. Because you had made up your mind that you want to learn a discipline. I think that is first and foremost very important for us. Before we even jump to what it is we can derive from the word of his power, we will be deriving those things, but what God is still saying, he will have still been saying it to you. Let me quickly make an illustration to drive home my point as we press further. The Bible talks of Abraham in Genesis chapter 1. 
Sorry, in Genesis, sorry, not chapter 1. In Genesis, chapter 15, verse 1. When God appeared to him, and God was beginning to raise what he intends, God said, I am the inheritance, I am, I, am, I am the reward and your great inheritance. You know, that was what God began to raise with Abraham. You know what Abraham began to tell God? Say, God, how will you be saying these things, seeing that I go childless? Brethren, it is possible that when we quickly jump to the issue of the word of his power, you will quickly remember that you are what? Childless. So we will begin to look at what do we get in this word of his power. But you know, God had to come back for Abraham. Somehow he looked to me as if God had to pause. And say, it's like this person, it is still child, childlessness that is the issue. God is saying, me. You know the problem of Abraham then was that. Who will inherit all of these things? When God is saying, me. I am the one, I am giving myself to you. I am your inheritance. I am your great reward. Can you pursue me? You know, instead of Abraham to begin to look at God and look at things that are eternal, he was carried away. Now, if we quickly go to the word of his power and to see the benefits we can, do, we can draw from it, with faith we can draw them. But much more to it are things that are eternal. And that is why I appreciate this topic in the context of the disciples. We are looking at the word of his power as it relates to you as a disciple. In other words, if you are not a disciple, you have no place in this topic. Because we are not just looking at the word of his power. We are looking at it with a hindsight that the people we are talking to are already disciples. So this morning, I think first and foremost, the most important thing is... Have you made up? Was there any point in time you made it a point of duty and a point of uh, pursuit in life to learn the discipline of the life of Christ? If you have not, I believe this morning offers you an opportunity. An opportunity to become deliberate. As you see, you know, I, I remember some, some of my friends will say, uh, when we were doing our masters, he, one of our friends could not raise funds to register. And he lost the admission. You know, the expression all over the brethren then was like, this man is playing with his destiny. You know, they made it look like, this thing is, you are playing with your destiny. Now, the way people take the academics as serious as their destiny have you ever taken this work of learning Christ as serious as that? That without him, you are nothing. You cannot amount to anything. It is until then that the issue of the word of his power becomes fitting for what it is or what we are looking at this morning. I think it is very important to check our work with God. To know that God didn't just intend for us to be saved. Because the issue was not just the issue of sins. It was the issue of sin. A nature that was responsible for sin. So this morning, 
I want you to check in your heart. You know, I almost came to a conclusion as I was meditating on this topic. That once a man has truly resolved to follow or to learn the discipline of the life of Christ, he cannot do without the word of his power. Automatically it will follow him. Because that is, that is actually the center point from which you can draw your lessons. How can you go through university and you don't go for lectures at all? This morning. This, for me, is very, very important. Can we believe God that we want to learn, we want to listen, permit me to use that, listen to God speak to us through the person of Jesus. The Bible says in verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the expression of his person. What man lost was the image, the expression of God in the Garden of Eden. At the point of salvation, what we gained was an entrance to this life. But we needed to grow in this new life. And that's why I believe God encountered us and didn't, uh, didn't take us up the day we gave our life to Christ. There were still more things he intended for our lives from which he can draw also to help other lives. And that is why he said there, and upholding all things by the power of his word. Because of our time, because like I said earlier on, I think it will be good for us in the next 10 minutes to begin to respond back to God about our lives. I'm seeing that in the context of our text and as it relates to our topic, we see Jesus, an example for us, a pattern, an approved life that we ought to come to become. But then, much more than that, there is something about him that we should learn. Let's read that Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. As we open our Bibles, let me quickly mention to us that when we talk of the word of his power, we discover that actually Jesus' power was God. And he's still God. And so when we say the word of his power, permit me quickly to say, we are talking about whose word? God's word. The word of God. Second Timothy 3. This morning, we are seeing that from our text, the Bible says that Jesus, who is the express image of God, sustained, and, sustained all things by the word of his power. And just a peep into the word of his power, we are seeing that this word of his power is actually the breath of God that gave inspiration for a writing that is profitable for us. And I want to quickly say at this point that when I saw this verse again, I discovered that there were two options presented to me. And the first option is either that by the word of God I draw a profiting or 
if a man is not profiting, what is happening to him? He's losing. And the Bible says, this scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it is what? Profitable. The word of his power has a profiting for every man on every area of your life. Therefore, if there is any area of your life that you are not drawing inspiration, you are not drawing guidance from for living, you are losing. I saw from there that this word of his power is appropriate, has, has, has portions for every area of our lives. And once a man is living on a principle other than the word of God in this area, he is doing what? He is living at a loss of what it is, especially for you who have decided to learn the discipline of Christ. Because you will hear Jesus say, I do not do anything of my own. It is what I hear the Father say. Have you heard Jesus say something like that? He's telling you. You know, there was a time in my life I was doing a study on the just shall live by faith. Brethren, as a disciple, we have been called to the life of living by faith. And in my search to understand better, and I think it's appropriate to, to drive home this point I'm making. I discover God saying that to live by faith is not just to believe God to receive alone, but to believe God for what He has said. Let me put it in a bit of a clearer way. I think it was some weeks back we learned it here about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They believe God for who he is. For me, I see that as faith. Now, whether the outcome favors them or not, let it be known to you, O king, this is our stand. And in understanding of living by faith is where the word of God comes in. And I saw that when Jesus was tempted in Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says when Satan came to him, one of the responses Jesus gave was that man shall not live by bread alone. Now, in understanding that the just shall live by faith, I discover that the means of your living, as a disciple, how did you come to church today? By a means of a car, or you trekked. Now, your means of living is what? Faith. Your career as you are moving, what carries you about is faith. And I saw that it is living by every word that proceeded from out of the mouth of God. Because Jesus, when responding to Satan, said, man shall not live by bread alone. But he didn't say by part of what? Mm -mm. Did he say that? What did Jesus say? By every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And the Bible says, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by what? The word of God. Now, in driving home these points, I brought up this illustration for us to understand what I'm trying to say. That once there is an aspect of your life 
that you are not drawing faith from the word of God to live, you are living at a loss. Amen. This morning, I want us to begin to examine our lives. There are so much we can look at. But because of our time, I would like to constrain myself. Let's look at that. Let's look at let's look at Second Corinthians as we begin to tie up to pray. We read in our text that Jesus sustains all things by what? The word of his power. Brethren, I want to say all things that concern your life, there is enough word of God available to do what? To sustain it. The word of God is applicable and there is for every situation that faces or that is facing our lives a sufficient word to address it. Living less of it is living in loss. And that is why Jesus, even Jesus, who is our pattern life, he sustains everything, not by power, but by what? The word of his power. You know, when I was meditating over this, before we read Second Corinthians, one of the thoughts that came to my mind as a disciple is when somebody comes to you sincerely, it could be a classmate, a roommate, an office mate, a colleague at work, or whatever, whoever comes to you for advice, where do you readily get words to counsel? That was the word that came to my heart. And I think it's a challenge for us. You know, for some of us who say, my people say, you know, you're already losing what the word of God has said here. I don't know whether somebody's understanding what I'm saying. I don't know. Some people say, you know, they will say, you see, this issue that happened to you, in my place, this is what they say. Do you know what it's just, you are just displaying there? You are living at a loss of what God's word is, how God's word addresses that situation. So the much you can give is, you see, hmm, see this thing, eh? You know, we don't have, and I began to ask myself, is our life. The Bible says, let the word of God, in Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, let the word of God dwell so richly in you. Am I so rich of God's word? I was listening to a servant of God, Ravi Zacharias, one day, and he said something. That in a, in a hall, in a university hall, a man stood up and began to uh, project same-sex marriage. And two women, or two ladies there, boldly stood up to oppose him. But unfortunately, didn't have the word of God to take a stand. So they were living at a loss. Were they lying? No. But have they profited from God's word to be able to challenge a situation that is facing them? Can we sustain our stand about this same-sex marriage from the word of God? Substantiate it and say, this is the word of God. I am standing by faith because God said it. 
as you are. If you are confronted in your class on this issue, where will you draw points from? For several of us, you know, some people's argument is it's not in African culture. I don't know whether you've heard that kind of argument. But that is not a Christian. It shows that if the church will also anchor on that, we are losing. I just brought that as a reference. In every area of our lives, the Bible says this word is profitable. There is a profiting we can draw from it. And I want to tie the two up as we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. There are several other things I had written down, but for time, for want of time, I think we will, at this point, be able to press in the place of prayer in response to God. The summary of this I dare to say so that we would begin to pray for want of time is that the love of Christ, permit me to explain that because I've heard so many explanations that the love of Christ put in us compels us. No, but let me explain to you as I have just understood not too long ago that the love of Christ showed to us in that he offered himself. If you read down it was love that compelled him to go to the cross to die. What that love should do is to place a constraint on your living. To give you a discipline of a living. Which you can only understand from his word. As we study the life of Jesus, we learn the constraining of life. Constraining of how to talk as somebody that is tending to become like Jesus. This morning, the question is, has the love Jesus expressed to us at Calvary brought about a constraint on the way you live your life? Has the death of Jesus on the cross brought for you a lifestyle? And that is why in verse 15, he says, look at verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 5. And he died for all. Why? So that, so that those who are now alive, now that love constrained him to die. He died so that we that now live, we live for him. When you live for somebody, do you do things the way you want or the way he wants? Will there at any point in time Come a place of contradiction of interest. Sure. But because you are constrained, you will suffer the pain. This constraint, the limit of our constraints that gives us a profiting, comes as we look at the word of his power. This morning, I wish we could press further in looking at this matter. But I think we must pray. I think it's good at this point that we respond to God.
the question with which we will begin to respond is this our last question. God has spoken to us through Jesus. But the question now is the death of Jesus on the cross which is Oh, yes, it is an expression of God's love to us. Has it brought for you a constraint in the way you dress? Has it resulted in bringing a compulsion to living in a kind of way? We read that the love of Christ does what compels. This morning, can we bow our heads as we pray? It's not in the plenty words. But like I said at the beginning, we needed to respond to God. I think, and that's why I quickly bought into my own time limit to give a space for us to respond. This morning, does the love of Christ constrain your life? The fact that Jesus died on the cross for you, has it brought about a way of life for you? Or you gave your life to Christ and continue your own way of life? Automatically, for a disciple, the place I would have loved that we talked about, our quiet time, personal Bible studies, having a study Bible, but time will not allow us. Several of us have been Christians for more than 10 years. We have changed our phones more than three times in the last ten years, we have been using one same Bible without concordance. We are not searching enough. We are not deliberate enough. Several of us, the much we do in devotion is to read commentary. We don't sit down and ask God, what are you saying to me in this area? I need your help. What can we bow our heads as we respond to God? Tell God about your life. This thing is not about impressing the person sitting next to you. It's about your life. Your cassock. What you need to wear to minister. That Adam lost in the garden. This morning, can we tell God? Can somebody resolve in his heart that, oh Lord, I want to learn the discipline of the life of Christ. You know why you are struggling with that thing? You are struggling with this thing? It's because you are not progressive in the learning. One, at a, one point at a time, learning the life of Christ. We are not learning it. There is no progression. This morning, can you say, Lord, I make up my mind. I want to learn the discipline of the life of Jesus. In as much as God will give us opportunities to go out, the reason why making disciples of all nations looks like a burden to several of us is because we have not even ourselves sat down to learn Jesus. We are not yet disciples. How can we make, how can we give what we don't have? This morning, so that it will flow from our lives. It will not be that it's, it's, a, it's a burden. It flows. It is when we learn the life of Jesus. Can we respond to God? Talk to God this morning about your life. Talk to God about your work with Him. Talk to God about the way you live your life. The reason some of us, when nobody's looking at us, we can compromise 
is because our lives lack disciplines. We are living on principles of philosophers, not on the word of God. What governs your life are just philosophers, not the word of God. This morning, can you say to God, I am coming to you. Send help to my life. Already this message this morning is a challenge. Actually, God told me he's bringing a challenge to us. This challenge this morning is already God's help for you. But can you respond to God that I want to be deliberate about learning the discipline of the life of Christ, even from his word. In Acts 20.32, he said, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to keep you and build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. There is an inheritance for us if we will, by God's word, be built up. There is something that automatically waits for us. There is an overcomer's life that is automatic, but it is when the word of God builds your life. When your life is built on the principles of God's word, which was what was the discipline of the life of Christ. Please, can you respond to God? Talk to the Father. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord that you have a desire to be like Him. And it is in the Word, in searching the Word, that you get to be more like Him every day. Talk, talk to the Lord. You know it in your spirit that you have not been searching enough as a disciple. But today you are making up your mind that Lord, from this day, I will dig deeper into the world. Lord, that as I search your word, may I find you. Lord, as I search your word, may I become more like you. But if you are here, you are not yet a disciple. The word of God that came this morning is not for you. For you to enjoy the power in the word and the word of his power, you need to become a disciple first. You need to know what it means to serve the Lord. You are here, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. This is a golden opportunity for you. You're here. The Spirit of the Lord is telling you, you don't belong to me. This is a golden opportunity for you. I want you to say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for your word that has come my way this morning. Lord, I know I have been coming to church. Lord, I have lived a pretentious life. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with the blood of Jesus Christ. And make me a new person. Lord Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. Make me a follower of Jesus. 
In Jesus' name, I pray. God is calling us to become more like Him through the Word. And the power of God rests in His Word. He said, the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they have life. Brothers and sisters, I want us to begin to talk to the Lord right now. Let's say, Father, give me the grace to search the word of God. For in them there is life. So that I will enjoy the life that comes through the word. Through the spirit of your word. Lord Jesus. That as I look into the mirror of your word, I will become more like you every day. Make me an effective disciple, even through the instrument of your word. Give me a heart that responds to your word. Give me a spirit that responds to your word. In the name of Jesus. Our Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We give you praise for this opportunity once again to listen and to be sharpened. Almighty God, we pray that, Father, from this day, O God, we will have a hunger for your word. Heavenly Father and Lord, as we go into your word, may we find life in the name of Jesus. May we find answers in the name of Jesus. May we become more like you in the name of Jesus. May we be effective disciples, O Lord, and instruments in your hands. To you be praised, because we know you have answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.